Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I try and do at least once a month in which I cover a big range of topics I see in regards to announcements, news, developments, and other cool things that I might see in the modding scene. I try and do this, as I said, at least once a month, and it is available in two versions. First of all, you can get the video version, which you could watch on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, or as I said, this is a podcast, you can actually consume it like a podcast by finding it on your favorite podcasting app or platform. I'm on Spotify, Google Play, or I guess Google Podcasts at this point, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anything else there. If you look up Mod Chat on your favorite podcasting app or platform, you should be able to subscribe on there, and you can get an actual MP3 copy of this podcast and listen to it that way. Anyways, I was actually not even planning on doing an episode of Mod Chat this week, and this is all kind of last minute here. And I wanted to do this, this is mostly going to be a Nintendo-centered episode because, uh, my goodness, I don't know what has happened recently, but it just seems like the past few days, really this past weekend and up until now... There's just been this this warpath from Nintendo that we've seen across the board. And some stuff is going to be modding related, others is not going to be modding related. And in the end here, I am going to kind of have my overall thoughts and kind of a reason I could think of as to why we're seeing more action now in 2020, especially right now, in regards to all the stuff that's been happening compared to what we've seen in the past. So without further ado, let's go ahead, hop into the topics, and see what's going on here. Just to get some quick stuff out of the way, first of all, let's get the first and last non-Nintendo-related topic out of here. This is for PlayStation 3, and this is for System Software Update 4.87. Now, I do have several PlayStation 3-related tutorials on this channel, and just other videos covering cool things that you can do with the system. So quite literally, as soon as this update came out, it was brought to my attention on Twitter, people started commenting commenting, and there were people who were updating their modified PlayStation 3s to 4.87 and therefore losing their modifications. Now, this really doesn't do anything for the end user, and by that I mean you're not going to gain any real benefits updating to firmware 4.87. We can even look at the system software features, where it literally says, this system software update improves system performance, which I know that is a lie right there, and I'll explain it. Now, this does go without saying that the current methods of modifying your PS3 are not working on firmware 4.87. You will always be able to modify a custom firmware compatible PlayStation 3 using an E3 flasher. However, if you are looking to jailbreak your PS3 using software only with the BG toolset from PS3 Exploit, or if you want to use PS3 HIN, you are going to have to wait for everything to get updated. I know if it's not out right now, uh, at the time at least, PlayStation 3 HIN for 4.87 is pretty much right around the corner. HFW for 4.87 is already out, and the next thing is going to be getting BG Toolset updated for 4.87. So if you have an already modified PlayStation 3, do not update to 4.87. If you're on 4.87, you have nothing to do, and nothing else to do but wait at this point. And as for the reason why this has been updated... I have gotten this asked many times, why would Sony still be updating this? Because they're actually not patching up this stuff here. This is not in regards to any type of exploit, actually. And you might be saying, well, they obviously patched up stuff because the current tools don't work. The current tools don't work, not because the exploits they use are patched, but just because there is a new version here. So the current tools need to be ported to the new firmware version, and once they are ported, they're going to work just fine. There's nothing to rediscover on them, thankfully. And that's no disrespect to any of the developers behind them either. It's just that's that's how it is on this. However, when it comes to these new updates that continuously come out for the PS3, we get like one or two a year at this point. They're really not trying to tackle the actual exploits themselves. 
The main reason why the PS3 is being updated is because it is a Blu-ray player and it needs the Blu-ray disc keys like for an actual Blu-ray film. It needs those keys continuously updated so the PlayStation 3 will still be able to play new releases of Blu-ray films. That's just part of the protocol, that how that's how it works with the PS3. And the only way to get those keys updated is to initiate it through a firmware update. So for as long as the PlayStation 3 in Sony's eyes is going to be a viable regular like standard 1080p blu-ray disc player and they want to continue to support that it is still going to get at least one firmware update per year just to update those keys because if those keys don't get updated then brand new films that come out on a blu-ray disc that you try and play on your ps3 it's not going to be able to play them so that's just something a lot of people don't know the <laughs> These exploits are not getting patched from what I'm seeing. This is just to continue to support the Blu-ray player, which in all honesty, I mean, that's pretty cool in my opinion that they're still officially supporting Blu-ray playback on that system over 14 years later. So props to them, especially if you have a PS3 you use as a regular Blu-ray player, or even just occasionally. Now, with that out of the way, we can get into some Switch news. First of all, there was a system update for the Switch in the form of firmware 11.0.0, and there has been a couple of custom firmware updates. Yes, I said a couple. First of them being Atmosphere 0.16.0, with one of the big things here that people were looking for being support was added for 11.0.0. Uh, there's also a lot of other little notes here. I'll kind of just run through them. So Exosphere was updated to reflect the latest official secure monitor behavior. Mesosphere was also updated to reflect the latest official kernel behavior. Loader, SM, Boot, PGL, and ERPT were also updated on here as well. The boot system module was rewritten to reflect the huge driver changes introduced in 8.0.0. Support was added for configuring the address space width for HBL, and there's just a few things here that you can read through on that. That's just kind of some of the lower level stuff. Support was added to a number of components for running on Mariko hardware, so that's going to be nice as well too that we'll see. The boot system module can now safely run on Mariko hardware, performing correct hardware initialization. Daybreak and generally system update logic were updated to be usable on Mariko. Boot zero protection and management logic was updated to perform correct actions on Mariko. But reboot to payload does not and cannot work on Mariko. Uh, correspondingly, a fatal error handler was written to display and save fatal errors from within trust zone. And please note, Atmosphere is still not properly usable on Mariko hardware. But that is something that is really cool here. That now, for anyone who doesn't know, Mariko is the newer switches. So any brand new switch is using Mariko. And it does look like it's been shown from Cyrez M that Atmosphere is being ported to work on Mariko. Um, it does need to be ported differently. It's You can't just take the existing builds and run them on newer hardware, but it is going to require a hardware modification. So you're not going to have the same software-based hacks that we have here. You are going to need hardware such as a chip, such as a SX Core or SX Lite. <laughs> Much to the dismay of many people, uh, but I'll get into that here as well, too. Exosphere received support for building under debug configuration. A number of bugs were fixed, including minor issues in a number of file system-related code were fixed. An issue fixed that we could not cause NCM to abort on consoles, which came with 3.0.x and were never updated. And, of course, several issues were fixed and usability and stability were improved. Always got to include that. Now, what I talked about with the previous chips is right here and kind of leading into this. So this is Spacecraft NX, something new that was just released here, at least on GitHub. And there's a few repositories that you can find on Spacecraft NX. There's SD Loader, Firmware Updater, Bootloader Updater updater and firmware. So the only one of these that really has anything in regards to, uh, well, a write-up on here is going to be for the firmware. I'm just showing you all of this here, but if we go to firmware, 
what the hell is Spacecraft in X? Well, Spacecraft in, S in X is a fully open source SX Core slash Lite compatible firmware that lets you play a Space Invaders inspired minigame and load any payload you like. So, you heard that right. You can now rewrite the firmware on a SX Core or SX Lite with Spacecraft in X firmware and you can play Space Invaders. But also, the important thing here is you'll be able to load any payload you like, which was a bit of an issue with um, SX Core and SX Lite using just SXOS and the standard stuff here. So just as a quick run through, does it allow me to do piracy? No, it doesn't. You can't even boot into Horizon OS using Spacecraft NX by itself. Can it boot SXOS? No, it can't. The firmware doesn't have their DRM. And this is actually something I'll even explain this real quick here because some people have kind of found this to be a little bit confusing. So the way I understand SXOS works is there is DRM itself, so to speak, on the chip and on the firmware and everything. And if you're trying to launch it on one of these chips and it doesn't have that firmware that has their DRM, SXOS does not boot up. So therefore, if you flash over Spacecraft NX, you aren't going to be able to boot up SXOS. It's not a limitation of Spacecraft NX, that's just how SXOS has been designed. Now, how can I boot Horizon OS then? To do that, you need a firmware like Atmosphere, there we go, and a bootloader like Hecate or Fuse. Can I run insert payload name here? If the payload is updated to support patched Arista and or Mariko chips, yes. If the payload is only RCM compatible, you need to ask the developer for an update. I love this, how can I install it? For now, you can't flash Spacecraft NX without plugging in your mod chip into your PC. So you really just uh, take your USB dongle that has come with your mod chip that's been installed, you hook it up to your PC, you have to download a firmware, you run a flash.bat, wait until it's done, and then from there, let's see, copy the payload into the root of your SD card, rename it to payload.bin. On the first boot up, your chip will, chip will enter a training session, blinking yellow. This may take up to 30 minutes, recommend to plug in a charger. After the initial training, the chip will blink magenta and turn green upon successful boot up. And that's about it. That's awesome. So there we go. We now have, this is pretty much the entry point here that will now allow us to run Atmosphere and other payloads and other custom firmwares if you are using a patched switch or if you are using a Mariko switch, so that would be a switch like a regular switch with the Mariko chipset or any switch light. If you have a SX Core or SX Lite chip in there and you reflash it with Spacecraft and X, you'll be able to do all this, which is great. It's just we're waiting for Atmosphere to actually get ported over, but this is still really exciting to see. And the last thing here in regards to firmwares, and this is where I said there is a couple, so here's the second one. Now, on here, on this GBA temp article, SXOS returns after Team Executor arrests with beta version 3.1.0 supports official firmware 11.0.0. So for anyone who does not know, I'm not going to cover this in major depth here, because I actually did a full episode of mod chat talking about the arrest of two members of team executor and there's a third one who is in the indictment who was not arrested however uh it was talking about that going through it as best as i could on there and kind of really asking if this is going to be the fall of team executor and this is going to be a big thing even something i theorized on there where i said well hey you know if the top brass of of team executor has been arrested if this is going on I think 10.2.0 might possibly be the latest firmware that is going to work with SXOS. And to surprise here, it looks like SXOS did get an update. So here it is stated, despite the legal issues currently plaguing Team Executor, you won't have to worry about support for SXOS. Appearing suddenly on the Executor website is a brand new update bringing SXOS to beta version 3.1.0 and adding support for the latest Nintendo Switch firmware. Also included for is support for Flycast Fast RAM and chain loading alongside the Mariko BEK. The update is available where it is usually uploaded to, and they can't link it here, but really, in short, added support for firmware 11.0.0, added support for Flycast Fast RAM, I believe Flycast is a Dreamcast emulator, added support for chain loading with Mariko BEK, which I, I'm curious about this, because in short, you were able to, it, it was shown that you could 
chain load, meaning you could boot into the SXOS like core or light firmware. Uh, you could boot up into that chip's firmware and you can load up another payload from there, but you weren't able to load up many payloads because when you did that, when you did the chain loading, there was a key or keys that were erased at that time. And it looks like it's saying added support for chain loading with Mariko BEK. So I wonder if they're allowing that. Although still, you need to rewrite things to work with Mariko. And the last thing is small improvement in USB XCI loading, which that's not noted on there. However, yeah, this is a. <laughs> it's not just atmosphere at this point. This is now SXOS is on here. And it's really just these two firmwares that are remaining because Ray NX was actually archived. So just kind of quickly going into that, Ray NX was archived, meaning that's not going to get any further official updates from the developer Ray on GitHub. So Ray NX, the last firmware that works on is 10.2.0. So we just have Atmosphere and SXOS. And as for SXOS, I'm not sure how much longer we'll have it, but I mean... <laughs> We got another update out of here, which is kind of surprising to me. Now, with all of that out of the way, I want to get into the big topic or topics in regards to this episode, talking about what Nintendo has been doing here recently in regards to kind of throwing their legal weight around here. And I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm going to preface this as well, too, that I actually wasn't really going to speak that much up on it because I saw there was free Melee that was trending. There was a lot of people who did great videos on this, and... I was just thinking, I was like, you know what, there's people who know more about this scene, more about all this than I do on here. I've spoken about this a bit here on Mod Chat. I'll probably bring it up whenever I do the episode. However, there was actually one topic that came about where when I saw it, I was like, that's it. I'm getting out the mic. I'm getting out the camera. We're talking about this because at this point I am annoyed now. And I will I will tell you all which part that is. But this is just going to be a whole slew of things that Nintendo has done quite recently that they've ramped up on everything and... Yeah, let's, let's just hop into this. So first of all, I did talk about hashtag free melee, and it comes from this, from this The Verge article. Nintendo shuts down Super Smash Bros. Tournament for using mods to play online. Now, just getting into this here, essentially it's stating, and I'm going to read this quote, a major Super Smash Bros. Tournament is canceling plans to move online amid the coronavirus pandemic, following a legal order by Nintendo. As Polygon reports, the Big House, typically one of the year's biggest Smash competitions, announced yesterday that it's shutting down an early December event and offering refunds. Quote, The Big House is heartbroken to share we've received a cease and desist from Nintendo, unquote, the organizers wrote on Twitter. And quote again, We are forced to comply with the order and cancel the Big House online, unquote. Now, it's also stating here that Nintendo objected to the organizers using Slippy, a software tool that makes Super Smash Bros. Melee playable online. The 2001 GameCube title is a mainstay in competitive Super Smash Bros. and is translating its hyper-fast-paced gameplay from an in-person tournament requires unofficial modding. Now, it looks like here, surprisingly, Nintendo actually responded to this. Uh, when they were pressed about it, they ended up saying, unfortunately, the upcoming Big House tournament announced plans to host an online tournament for Super Smash Bros. Melee that requires use of illegally copied versions of the game in conjunction with a mod called Slippy during their online event. Nintendo therefore contacted the tournament organizers to ask them to stop. They refused, leaving Nintendo no choice but to step in and protect its intellectual property and brands. Nintendo cannot condone or allow piracy of its intellectual property. Now, to further talk about what Slippy itself is, because this seems to be the sticking point here, I'm on the Slippy website, and it says, Experience the new netplay, rollback netcode, matchmaking, and more. And essentially, this is for Super Smash Bros. Uh, Melee, specifically. So... I, uh, I'll be honest, I don't know all too much about fighting games online, nor am I super well-versed with the Smash Bros. tournament scene. However, to the best of my knowledge, of course, if you're going to emulate Super Smash Bros., you're going to play it on Dolphin. And if you are going to play online through Netplay, if you want the best possible connection in regards to playability and going online and such in a fighting game, you want rollback netcode. 
Now, in comes Slippy, which is a modification that works in conjunction with your Super Smash Bros. ISO, as well as the Dolphin emulator, to allow you to play Super Smash Bros. Melee online, utilizing rollback netcode, and he even says here, integrated matchmaking and replays, which is really cool. So in short, just think of this as an emulator. You're using the Dolphin emulator, you're bringing your Super Smash Bros. Melee ISO, and then you're putting a mod on it. You're applying a mod, so to speak, using Slippy here. Now, I will say this. From what I understand, Nintendo does have the right to take this down. I'm not saying that it's morally the right thing to do, but, you know, legally what I'm stating here is they do have the right to take this down. And it's not so much they are citing the use of Slippy here, but really, to me, I think it's bigger than that. It's not so much the modification itself, but really, this goes into an even bigger thing overall, and I do want to credit Tech Syndicate, who did a really great video talking about, you know, streaming online and doing video game streams and using music in your streams and all that fun stuff, and he essentially said on there that all of these sites, like, we're talking YouTube, we're talking Twitch, we're talking all these streaming sites, if you are taking a game and you are displaying it, and even if I have, like, gameplay on here or something, you know what, like, as an example, right there in the background, I have Dead or Alive 3 running on an original Xbox. Now, get this. To I'm sure this is not going to surprise anyone, but I am going to reveal something. I do not have a license to rebroadcast footage of Dead or Alive 3 here on the channel. Now, if something ends up happening, like let's say if the powers that be who own Dead or Alive 3 decide to copyright strike or they decide to copyright claim this video for usage of Dead or Alive 3 in the background, I'm sure it can absolutely be argued that it would be fair use. Just because, as you can see, like nobody is, maybe now at this point, but nobody is going to be watching and listening to this podcast because of a silent, very small playback window of Dead or Alive 3 in the background. It's transformative. It's really not adding too much to this. It's slightly enhancing the experience here. But point being, they can still kind of call that in a way. It would be up to determination and fair use and all that stuff. I'm kind of leading into something else. Point is here, uh, let me just say, coming back to what Tech Syndicate was talking about, I do not have a license to commercially broadcast or rebroadcast or what have you. And very little people do when it comes to games. Now, companies are aware of this, and in their EULA that you have to agree to, typically they will say on there, um, sometimes, some. Typically, but not really. Sometimes companies will build into their EULA and say, hey, you can stream this. You can put up gameplay. Uh, some of them will say you can do whatever you want to. Some of them will say, well, you know, it has to be transformative in a certain way, but you, you can't just upload the entire game uncut on your channel. You will have to do a few other things. But many of them don't. As opposed to that, they don't mention that in their EULA. And what they do instead is is they will put out a tweet or put out something on their website outside of the contract, outside the EULA that says, hey, you can stream, but here's kind of the guidelines on here. And if a company doesn't like what you're doing or they don't like you or anything to that extent, uh, they, can, they, they can take down that footage. And if they take down the footage, they can say, yeah, uh, this person doesn't, we, we never gave them a license to rebroadcast Dead or Alive 3 or call of duty or whatever the hell it is we didn't give this license so i feel like and and that's going to come up in actually i'll even bring it up here as well because kind of bypassing the mod i, I do want to touch up on that but another thing that ended up happening it actually was touched up on in that verge article but i feel like nintendo it's not really much of a secret they have been trying to kill off the melee competitive scene for years because back in 2013, there was an event, EVO, I'm sure everybody would know about it, undoubtedly the biggest fighting event in the world, even I know about this, alright? But they were going to have Melee, like they, they were going to broadcast, they were going to do all this, they were going to have it as a mainstay contender at EVO, something awesome, fantastic, something that Nintendo should have been proud of, like their game from 2001 is heralded in such a in such a great standing and great light that 12 years later 
it's going to be a main stage thing at Evo. It's going to be broadcast everywhere. And Nintendo came and stepped in. They were like, no, uh, we never gave you the permission to do that. We did not give you permission to broadcast that. Therefore, we are going to ask you, do not broadcast Melee, and you're not going to be doing it. You're not going to be running this Melee tournament here. And unfortunately, that was more in that was in the right to call and that was a time where everything was going to be run on native hardware they were going to use original discs there was no mods there was no roms there was no copy discs there was no dumped image there was no iso there, there was none of that it was all going to be as clean as official as it could be and Tuno came in and said no but the fighting scene and just the melee scene smash scene in general were so understandably outraged by that that nintendo actually backtracked there and they said hey uh go ahead evo do this it's all good and it did go to evo it, it was there in evo 2013 and people were super happy with it from what i understand now when it comes to this here i feel like they're not going to be backing off on this because they are going to be poking at hey slippy slippy it's it's the mod there and i've heard this as well too it brings up kind of philosophical and an interesting point. I feel like it's no secret that Nintendo, they, they hate these mods. They hate emulation, unofficial emulation. They, they will sit there and say all day that emulators for their systems are illegal, even though this has been proven time and time again, that if the emulator is not coming bundled with copyrighted proprietary code, uh, whether that be BIOS, uh, system images, ROMs, what have you on there. As long as it's not coming with that, uh, it's it's fine. It could even be sold, such as Bleem. As long as it doesn't have Nintendo proprietary copyrighted code and it doesn't come bundled with a game. Hell, they could even take images of Nintendo games and advertise it alongside the emulator, and that is technically fine. This has been proven. This has been proven time and time again. Just getting that out of the way. But when it comes to the actual mod right here, Nintendo's okay with their own emulation. If it's through Virtual Console, if it's through Nintendo Shop on Nintendo NSO, Nintendo Switch Online, that's it. Uh, if it's on one of their little, like, walled garden mini devices. However, any type of unofficial emulation, any type of backups, any type of ROMs, that's where they say everything is illegal, we don't want to hear about it, this is illegal, 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 and that is their opinion on it. That is, that is their stance. And I say opinion because some people say, well, the law is the law. And I'm like, well, to that, again, look up what happened with Bleem. It's been proven in court that as long as it's not coming bundled, as long as an emulator like Dolphin is not coming bundled with, you know, Wii or GameCube commercial games or any of the Wii or GameCube propri proprietary code, then it's okay to have that. That's the last time I want to touch up on that. In regards to this here, with this company that is so anti-mod on all of this, I feel like this is a slippery slope. Did I, did I, did I get that out right? <laughs> Point is, in all seriousness, I feel like this could also be a slippery slope for them, and this is a, this is a stance that I've heard, and, and I do understand it. If they make an exception or they allow this mod, what does that mean? Does that go against everything they've said? Because at this point, well, in order to run the mod, you need to run on an emulator. But we've also said that emulators are bad. But what if we decide to go back on that? We say emulators are okay. Well, then getting a hold of the ROM, we really can't go with that because then do we authorize backups or are we going to say, hey, you can get the ROM from somewhere as long as you own the disc, which that you cannot do. You have to back it up from a disc that you have. But then again, there's no official way to back up unless you modify because with a GameCube disc, I actually, I have my Smash disc right here. I cannot just take this Smash disc and pop it into my PC's DVD drive and dump it just because the way it works here. Uh, there's like one model, some weird, I think like Hitachi DVD drive that you're able to do with a special program. But aside from that, I can't just like go to the store, pick up a DVD burner or a DVD ROM drive, hook it up, pop my disc in and, you know, read it like it's nothing. I can do that with like a PS2 game, but not this, unfortunately. I've seen a lot of people say, hey, they should have just made an exception this one time. And I would absolutely love to see that. But again, I... I understand the slippery slope that's coming in here. What I don't agree with at all 
is taking down the entire event, including they were also supposed to stream Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and now they're not going to do that anymore. The, the entire event is gone. If you didn't like Melee, okay, fine, that's your own thing. That's a problem that the company has on there, and I think they should maybe bend the rule a little bit, get with the times, but don't take down everything. There's nothing wrong with, you know, getting your own Switch, getting your Nintendo Switch Online membership, getting a cartridge, popping it in there, and playing it. And by the way, I think one thing that might have been a little bit of a sticking point as well is you can do all that for free in regards to this. Like, you know, you have to dump your... This is assuming you're taking your own disc, you're dumping your own disc on there, but you can get the Dolphin emulator for free, you can get Slippy for free, and apparently, from what I have been told, playing Melee online through an unofficial emulator using Slippy is a much better experience than playing ultimate online all through the official channels which yeah that's kind of embarrassing for nintendo i would say now i feel like some people might have wanted me to take a stronger stance in regards to that previous topic where i was saying hey you know i don't think this is right i think they should bend the rule a bit but i also understand where they're coming from and i can kind of understand their hate for this here get it i think there's some right i think there's some wrong i think there's some things that can be changed on here but i would say that is about the that's about the only thing because the rest of this is dumb and we're we're going to get into the next stuff here as if that wasn't enough check this out from the gamer nintendo cancels splatoon 2 north american final stream when teams support smash melee and the company itself used quote unexpected executional challenges unquote as the reason, but fans on Twitter believe it has to do with the team names. So Splatoon 2 is an officially released game for the Nintendo Switch. You can buy a cartridge of it, you can buy it digitally. It has officially sanctioned online play through Nintendo Switch Online that you pay for. You can get this all up and running without any sort of modifications, is what I'm saying here. And there was some North American Splatoon 2 finals. Now, there was going to be a live stream, and the final live stream ended up being canceled. Now, this was speculated here. The official reason the company said, of course, was unexpected emotional cha executional challenges, excuse me. But in regards to what Twitter user Slimy Quagsire said here, let's go ahead and look at their tweets. So the first one says, so the Splatoon community in support of the Smash community, has 30% of the top teams in this weekend's Splatoon 2 North American Open with team names in support of Melee and Smash. So what does Nintendo of America and Nintendo vs. Dune response? They canceled their live stream for tomorrow's finals. Kind of funny that they'll sever their own support that they love to parade around as something so fantastic just because the Splatoon community want to stand in solidarity with the other scenes that Nintendo outright harms. Hashtag free melee. Hashtag save smash. Now I want to bring up this image here and it says just look at this like the standings here with these players. Uh, number 11 is Melitation. I believe that's what it is. Number 12 is an entire... <laughs> Twitter uh, link. I'm not sure where that link goes to. Uh, number 14 is hashtag free melee 211. Number 16 is hashtag free melee 227. And is there, there we go. Uh, number 19 is element free melee. So this is something at this point, this is not like, there's some stuff I get in the ecosystem of Nintendo that is not going to be allowed. Actually, I remember this made uh, news years ago when I believe there was a head of PlayStation. He got a Wii U and he said something like, I love PS as his motto on there. And he was warned to change it. And I, I think at first he said, I love PlayStation. And he was warned to change it on his user account. And then he said, I love PS. And the same thing happened. And when I got my Wii U, like when you enter your motto, it says stuff like you cannot, uh, you cannot advertise other services. You cannot advertise companies. You cannot get political. There, there's certain things like that. This has nothing to do with any of that here. And there's no modifications going on. These team names are not offensive either, so you can't be saying, oh, well, these are inappropriate team names, or... Plus, I'm not sure why, like, why couldn't they just ask the people to change their names, if this is going to be an issue? But then again, I also feel like maybe they just went with this outright blanket of saying, hey, we don't, we can just say there's, there were some challenges here, because if they say, hey, we only went to these people and told them to change their names, then there's going to be more solid proof of that. But this is just... 
this is maybe the most petty thing I've seen in regards to this here. You have this whole Melee thing that's happening that's being canceled. The Big House Online event being canceled because of Melee. Because, as they say, the Slippy mod there. But really, it's just because of Melee in general. And then you have names that are just going to support that in a different tournament. An, official sanction, an officially sanctioned one for Splatoon 2. And they just they just took their ball and went home because they canceled the entire live stream portion of it. Oh, and just to be sure of this, because I wanted to make sure it wasn't like a unofficial thing or what have you, I'm on the Nintendo.com website, 11-30-2020, register now for the Splatoon 2 North American Open December 2020 tournament. And this was happening here, like you had to go on Battle... Uh, yeah, BattleFi, that's it. I thought it was BattleI right there, but you gotta go to the BattleFi link, you have to register and everything on that. And this is December 5th and December 6th. So it's all right here. I mean, this was, this is not an unofficial event. This was an official, they are willing to, to shoot themselves in the foot here for these official events that are being streamed just to stop this. That's how much Nintendo seems to hate Melee. Now, if that didn't annoy you enough, guess what? We can go even lower on here. Technically, this thing here happened in November, but there was news of it that ended up circulating here this month in December because of how, just because of everything that's been going on in regards to free Melee, in regards to the Splatoon 2 finals livestream being canceled, probably because of free Melee, and now we're getting this. So in another article here, Nintendo issues takedown to Eticon's custom Joy-Con shells, which raised $10,000 for suicide prevention. So right here, you have these really awesome looking Joy-Con shells. These look absolutely fantastic, and they were made in memory of Etika. In case you do not know, Etika was an awesome content creator, EW Network, or Etika World Network, who unfortunately took his own life. And he absolutely loved the Nintendo Switch. That is, I think that's an understatement right there. He had the whole Joy-Con thing, Joy-Con Boys thing going on. And these shells were made to commemorate him. And again, there was there was no profits that were made on these. Any profit that was made was donated to a charity for suicide prevention. But let's just go ahead and hop into this here. Nintendo has demanded that the Eticons be taken down due to copyright infringement. The Eticons were custom Joy-Con shells designed to honor the late YouTuber creator Desmond Daniel Amofa, commonly known as Etika. The campaign manager, Captain Alex, had initially been selling the Eticons through an Indiegogo fundraising campaign, and after the campaign had ended, he was selling remaining stock through Etsy until Nintendo's lawyers sent the cease and desist. The takedown is considered to be controversial because these Joy-Con shells were designed to honor the deceased, and because all proceeds were going to suicide prevention. And the reason for the takedown is believed to be due to the term Joy-Con being printed on the shells. And it stay here that they raised over $10,000 for the JED Foundation. Now, Captain Alex here actually said, I just wanted to say there's a lot of misinformation and assumptions floating around. I received a cease and desist for multiple items on my Etsy shop. This is one of them. A lot of people are saying this was a blanket C&D and wasn't specifically about these Joy-Cons. And that's simply not true. The C&D I received was not simply remove every single item from your shop. It very specifically listed exactly which items in my shop Nintendo wanted removed. The Etika Joy-Cons, or Eticons, were one of those links they attached, along with the listing of their trademark for the word Joy-Con and the trademark for the Switch logo. The Eticons are the only item I've ever sold with the word Joy-Con printed on them, so it's abundantly clear to me that they were specifically referencing and targeting the Etika Joy-Cons in this case, even though they did target other listings at the same time. Lastly, I did want to say that while everyone wants to hate on Nintendo, the lawyer was actually incredibly nice and accommodating. I had numerous back and forth with her in order to get my shop into compliance. Our email chain ended with me asking for licensing and her passing on my request to Nintendo. While I don't expect anything to ever come of that request, it was nice that it was passed on instead of a flat denial. So this here is just, this is just low, in my opinion. And this is another one of those things where, you know, I'm just going to say this overall for anybody who is just, who's going to poke at these topics and say, it's the right, it's the right, it's the right. Con Congratulations, you've picked the world's safest take to take on here, I guess, right? It is the right to do so on here. I totally get it. 
And in regards to this, this would specifically be more, it was saying copyright, but I would feel like it'd be more trademark infringement on this. But I had seen posts online, somebody was bringing up, I believe this was just somewhere on Twitter in the Twitter sphere, but someone was bringing up a good point where it's like, I really don't think we're going to take another look at these here. I really don't think there's there's going to be any confusion in regards to this. And these are not like bootleg Joy-Cons by any means either. These are still official Joy-Cons that need to be purchased and these shells are being put on there. But Nintendo seemed to be very upset with the wording and they seemed, well, they were taking it down for the wording and they were taking it down for the Switch logo and, you know, just the, the Switch name. They don't want it to appear to be official. However, in regards to this, I feel like it could have gone another way. I guess my take on it here is I'm not sure why they couldn't just try to reach out first and say, hey, we," because this is a little bit more sensitive. This one's a little bit more personal. I got emotional with Etika passing. Everybody knew how much Etika loved Nintendo, and he had a massive fan base that just rallied around him. But in regards to this here, I feel like the cease and desist wasn't needed. I feel like if they, and yes, afterwards, afterwards, he was, Captain Alex was speaking with the lawyer, and they seemed to be nice and accommodating, they were able to get some stuff in compliance, which is, which is great, I mean, that's the silver lining of this, but I'm seeing even the beginning here, I don't feel like a cease and desist was needed on here, I feel like there could have been a representative that reached out to him, not through legal means, but a representative that reached out to Captain Alex here, and just said, hey, we we really appreciate what you're doing here. Like, this is great, but we don't want to send a cease and desist. We don't want to send lawyers, but can we at least help you get in compliance? Maybe change your design a little bit here because it's looking a little bit too similar to ours. And we just want to change. We recommend changing a few things on here. Maybe not even with the change. Maybe just kind of giving that nice heads up. Yes, it sounds like I'm saying, hey, could they just have contacted him without going through the legal means? And that's exactly what I mean on there. And for some people who might be saying, no, that's not going to be possible. I've seen it happen, not necessarily with Nintendo, but we've seen it happen. Uh, the, the example I'm thinking of here is actually with El Dorito, which if you don't know, this is about Halo Online. If you don't know what Halo Online is, Halo Online is a game that was canceled, but it was going to be a online only Halo game for the PC that was going to be a free-to-play online game. It was pretty much going to be a combination of Halo 3 and Halo 4, just kind of, so to speak, there. And it was going to be launching in Russia. Uh, but there were, hopefully, plans to bring it over to other territories. Now, what happened was El Dorito ended up coming out, and it took a build of... You needed to bring your own build of Halo Online, and then you applied a El Dorito patch to it, and from there, you were able to add a bunch of new stuff, really modify the game there, and make your own thing of it. It was no longer going through the official or relied on the official Halo Online service. It was all going through the El Dorito service. And at the very beginning, uh, Microsoft was taking it down because it was coming bundled with some of their software, some of the Halo Online software. But then later on, El Dorito smartened up the team behind it, and they said, hey, you need to bring your own build of Halo Online. We're not going to supply it. We're not going to help you out. You need to bring it. And then when you bring your own build, you download our like half a megabyte EXE, you apply it, and our EXE is pretty much just going to patch the game on the fly, and you'll be in El Dorito mode, so to speak. Now, there were a lot of really talented people who were working on this mod, and at one point, it ended up getting taken down. Not like legally taken down, but what I mean by that is development ceased on it. That's what I should say. And at first the community was coming out and saying, oh, Microsoft is taking this down. 343 is taking this down. This is unfair. This game is dead. Why Why is there a need for this? And the developers actually came out and said, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, uh, hold on. We were not legally threatened. We did not get a cease and desist. There was actually no legal channels. Now, we did speak with, and I don't remember if it was Microsoft or 343, but either way, they said, we actually spoke with the powers that be. We had some of them reach out to us, and they pretty much said, hey, um, we really like what you're doing. This is awesome. This is a labor of love. We appreciate it. It might not be legally right because, you know, you're you're modding this game that you're not really supposed to be playing and, you, you know, kind of skirting that line. Um, 
This is cool, though. Could you please stop developing it? Because we have a project that we're working on, and it's probably going to directly compete with your El Dorito Halo Online mod. And we would rather just end this peacefully here. Because we think what you're doing is cool, but if you d decide to not heed this warning, if you decide to continue on, our project is going to compete with your project, and the powers that be are probably going to ask you at minimum to legally take down your, your project using at minimum a cease and desist, at worst taking you to court, like actually suing you. We don't want to get to that step at all. Just please, can you take it down as a favor to us? And the development team said, absolutely. Like we, yeah, we'll, we'll honor that request. We appreciate you giving the heads up. Um, yeah, th that's fine. It, it was kind of an accessibility issue on there. And what I mean by that is El Dorito essentially officially unofficially died because of Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC. Because shortly afterwards, Halo Master Chief Collection for PC was announced, it went up for pre-order, and then there were developers that were saying, this is why we couldn't, th this is why we were asked to stop developing El Dorito. It was never a legal threat, it was never a cease and desist, but we were asked to stop it, and we couldn't say anything until now, but it was because they were working on MCC for PC. And one of the big reasons why so many people were flocking to El Dorito was because Master Chief Collection was not available on PC. And yeah, there are people who say that El Dorito is the better version of it, that Halo Online is going to be more fun. And that could certainly be your opinion. It could be right, it could be wrong in regards to it. Uh, but the point is there... Having an official outlet in regards to Master Chief Collection on PC was able to pretty much bring over so much of that interest to an official place, and that's why I say it's, in a way, it was an accessibility problem. Going back to the Eticons, though, I really wish something like that would have happened. You know what, if the lawyer was cool with him, if they were nice, they helped him get his shop into compliance, awesome. In regards to the licensing, in regards to this, is it going to go anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. No, Nobody knows on here. We'll see. But, yeah, this was just, this one just felt, this felt low, in my opinion. This one felt low. And the very last thing here, this one is dumb, in my opinion, and I, I'm, I'm going to elaborate on why. And this is, again, going to be another thing of, hey, Nintendo is in the right to do so, but I, I'm going to explain it. So this is a small Twitter thread from Gilva Sunner. And in case you do not know this user, they are known. I'll actually bring up their YouTube channel here. This right here is Gilva Sunner's channel. And this is a channel that is known primarily for taking uh, first-party Nintendo games and ripping the music out of them and uploading them here. Uploading these songs for everybody to enjoy and stream easily enough. Now, this can be done either by recording directly from the game or just ripping apart the game ROM or the ISO itself and getting the audio out of there, you know, extracting it, converting it to a proper format, and then getting it up in a video here just something along those lines so there's quite a bit of stuff in there it used to be even more but you can see there's smash Bros. or 3ds content the newest stuff is uh super mario sunshine content right here uh this is just a well-known channel where if you've listened to if you've ever listened to nintendo game soundtracks on youtube you've probably stumbled across this channel anyways he has a bunch of screenshots of emails here saying hi all an update to this an update being the original post from august 13th of 2019 just with a ton of images saying your copyright claim your video has been blocked on a ton of music and he said game over so on December 8th, he ended up issuing an update to this saying, as of a few hours ago, the soundtracks for Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, and Mario Kart Wii have been blocked in its entirety on YouTube by Nintendo Japan. I'll keep you posted if more claims come in. And I mean, looking at this here, yeah, indeed, it looks like uh, Mario Kart Wii, there's tons of music from there that uh, your video has been blocked. A copyright owner using content ID has claimed some material in, in your video. As a result, your video has been blocked and you can no longer, and can no longer be played. So these are just being blocked worldwide. Thankfully, these are not copyright strikes. They are copyright claims. But still, we got more Mario Kart Wii, Ocarina of Time, and of course, Super Mario 64. So, funny enough, it wasn't the other stuff that, that really got me to prompt and, you know, start recording this episode. It was this. 
And I'm going to explain it here. This is dumb. This is dumb. And I say that because this is a this is getting into an accessibility problem right, right here. Something that I feel like we have collectively learned from the past 20 years. Did Napster really die for this here? Uh, we're we're going to take things back a little bit, all right? Because I'm sure there are some viewers who are going to remember these times. There's going to be some viewers who might not have had this in their generation if you were, for example, in a country where just bootlegging was always just a rampant open thing, or maybe viewers that are too young to really realize this and you just grew up with streaming services and such. Either way, in regards to this here, this is not anyone trying to stick it to the man. This is not people who are not wanting to pay for Nintendo soundtracks. This is somebody who is getting a hold of Nintendo soundtracks in any way they can, typically, as I said, from ripping them, from converting them, from extracting them from the game files themselves, and putting them up on YouTube for others to enjoy. And these songs were getting hundreds of thousands of millions of views. And do you wonder why? Like, why is that? It's because people want to listen to them, obviously. But the reason why they were getting so many views on this channel here is because they're not officially available anywhere else. At least not easily accessible. I can't go on to YouTube Music or Google Play Music, rest in peace, it's going to be dying soon, or Spotify or Apple Music, I can't fire up any of those and listen to the Super Mario 64 soundtrack. I can't listen to the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. What if I wanted to buy one? Like, what if I wanted, you know, like a CD release or a vinyl release or anything of the sort there? I'm sure there's been some pressings in the past, maybe like a promo disc with like five or ten songs from Ocarina of Time, something like that. But getting a, a full physical release that you can easily find readily available that doesn't exist for these soundtracks they're not readily available like like physically they're not readily available digitally unless you're going to get pirate streams of them here which i'm going to call it that uh or if you're going to pirate a game rip of some kind so this is this is what people go with here so really the only way to officially listen to these songs is by playing the actual game itself and there's just there's been so many other game companies and so many other games and franchises that have put up their music on streaming services. This is not a foreign concept anymore. And if this is stuff that Nintendo fully owns, they have the licenses to and everything, I don't know why they don't just put it up, up on here. Because you know what you could do to... You know what you could do to, I, I, I hate saying this in a way, I, I guess to, to discourage channels like this, if Nintendo has such an issue with a channel like this, just re-uploading their music in mass here, what they could do is they could just take their, their, spend some effort, take their soundtracks, pop them up onto streaming services, you put them on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube Music, you, you put them up on all those streaming services, you get them into the content ID systems, the content ID systems will then go in and they can match and find all these other streams. In fact, you don't even have to block them at that point. You can just content ID claim it and take the monetization on there. So that way, from official channels and unofficial channels, you as Nintendo would be making the money from that. From the, your soundtracks that you're obviously not doing anything with. Because you're taking the audio, you're matching it up on here, and you're just blocking it. But if I want to get an official audio stream of this, I can't. This is just this is something that I, I'm I'm passionate about on here as well. Like I'm I'm passionate about like modding and such as you all have seen on here from from a from a podcast called Mod Chat. But this is just because this is something that I lived through. Um, and Napster was actually like the original Napster was probably responsible for a lot of the shit that I do here. That that I'm all the tech that I it it's, it got it gave me such a boost. It, it was really the kickstart that I needed to you know do everything that I do here in regards to technology, computers, modding, gaming, whatever it is. It just, that little bit just taught me so much. And that at the time was, it was more of a monetary and even an accessibility problem, mind you. Just to get into the history here, back in the day, 
back in the day in the 90s or so, you buy a CD, right? Typically, if you wanted to buy an album, you only wanted like one or two songs off it. And you were paying anywhere from 10 to $25 for that CD. Well, Napster came about, and guess what? You could take your, somebody online somewhere can take a CD, they can rip it to MP3 form, and they could put it up online, and you can download that entire album for free, or you could download that one song that you really wanted for free. That, that one single, that was all you could get. Of course, this was blatant music piracy. It, it set so many, it set so many precedents all over the world. I mean, that was landmark stuff right there. But in regards to that, that was, that was kind of a monetary and accessibility problem. People didn't want to buy a full album for one song. They wanted that one song. And they didn't want to pay 20 or $25 for that one song. If they can get it for free, that's awesome. A few years later, we started seeing things like iTunes, where, you know what? If you wanted to get that song, you could get that one song for $0.99, cents, for $0.79, cents, for later on $1.29, something like that. You could take that song, you could put it on a device, you could even burn that song to a CD if you wanted to. So this is the big advent of CD burners and such. But there were still people who did not want to pay 10 like 8 10 15 dollars for an album or even you know a dollar for a song people still didn't want to do that because free is always great so what do you do you make it close to free you have streaming services you have something like spotify where you're able to just load up spotify and if, if you're willing to listen to a few ads you can access an album when it comes out for free if you get Spotify Premium, you get higher quality off that. You can download certain things onto your device well, too. You no longer are just re regulated to only shuffling on your mobile device. And that's like it's like the price of... I, I personally don't use Spotify Premium. I use um, YouTube Premium and uh, not Google Play Music. Technically, that's still in there. But uh, YouTube Music, that's the one that I use. But the point is that there's so many services like that now. For like $10 a month, so about the price of an album, you get access to everything. Right there on your phone, on your desktop, on your tablet, on your TV, everything. Accessibility is no longer an issue anymore. People are actually paying for their music, and they've shifted over to streaming. I This issue's been fixed. So now if most people, most people don't even pirate their music anymore. Most people don't. They'll just go on an official streaming service and listen to it from there. I don't pirate my music because it's just easier to stream it. It's, it's so much easier to do it this way. But if you've got channels that are uploading your music in mass, there's an accessibility problem there. Uh, another, uh, There's another artist I'm going to bring up as an example, and this wasn't fully their fault on here, but Tool. This is their album Anima. Fantastic album. They are my favorite band. Now, for years, they were known to be the band that didn't put their music onto streaming services. And at first, it was a thing of like, oh, well, we don't really feel like we're going to put it on there. And, you know, like, we, we want you to experience the full album, not just get like a song or two, you know. But times change. And it's got, I mean, it got to the point, like, that made sense in like 2010. But 2020, getting close to that, it was like, well, what are you all doing? Like, everyone is on streaming services. What's going on here? And it turns out there were legal issues that were going on kind of behind the scenes. But once they got everything ironed out in 2019, they were able to get almost all of their backlog and their new album onto streaming services. And it broke records across the board. It broke all these records. So now people no longer had to go to YouTube.com to listen to a Tool album or listen to that Tool song. They had it readily available right there. Because the physical, uh, the, the physical argument is kind of getting hard as well, too, where a lot of people just don't have a CD player anymore. A lot of stores don't even carry CDs. We're in this weird time where Best Buy, for example, is carrying vinyl, but they don't carry CDs. I don't know what timeline we're in right now. It doesn't feel like 2020. I guess we're almost out of 2020. But either way, <laughs> they solved their accessibility problem. And, and that was legal issues right there. At first, it was kind of, hey, we, we want you to experience the full album. Then it became more, hey, legal stuff is preventing us from releasing it. But they got over it. They got over it just fine. I don't know why Nintendo doesn't do that here. And this is why I, I went on, 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 this specific, on this specific tangent, on this specific topic, a lot more than I expected. But it's because this topic here is what prompted me to make this episode because i saw this and i was like this is dumb this is so dumb
unbelievable. All right, let, let me compose myself here. Because I, I said that I was, at the end of this, I was going to kind of form my own reasoning as to why I think Nintendo is doing this. As to why all of a sudden we're seeing, like, in, in, in end of November, early December, we're seeing all this stuff happen here. And I personally feel like it's because Nintendo is feeling really comfortable and they're feeling really high and mighty with themselves. Now, unlike Sony and Microsoft, they Nintendo really just has games and hardware, and that's about it. The Switch is doing incredibly well. They don't want it cracked open completely like we saw with the Wii and the DS, which were very successful systems, but also had rampant modding and piracy scenes as well, too. That was super easy. Um... I mean, they were cracking down on that with, you know, flashcards and all that as well, too. Now, we have the Switch, and I feel like, you know, Nintendo has not liked SXOS. And I'm, I'm going back to this, yeah. They have not liked mods on the Switch. They have not liked SXOS. They've been going after resellers of SXOS for years. They went after one reseller, Uberchips, that was run by either a moderator or an administrator over at the Team Executor forums. And I feel like with, and I'm going to refer back to that last episode, one of the last episodes of Mod Chat, where I talked about the fall of Team Executor with a question mark there. I feel like with getting the information on a lot of big reseller sites of, you know, flashcards of SXOS, of other modifications for Nintendo consoles, and then having the Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice, the feds, indict three alleged members of Team Executor I feel like Nintendo's feeling pretty damn proud of themselves right now. And I feel like that might be why we're seeing all this stuff happen here. Because those have been things that have been in the works for a while. That Those have been investigations that's been going on. Early October, that document was un- unsealed in regards to the indictment. And now in November, December, we're seeing activity like I've never seen on here before from Nintendo. So I feel like they're just feeling pretty great. So like, you know what? We've been bagging resellers. We've bagged Team Executor. Guess what? You know what? You're going to be displaying something. You're, you're going to be streaming Melee with a Slippy mod. Nope. We're going to take that down because you're using a mod. And I feel like they're, they're just going on a killing spree at this point. And they're just on a complete warpath. And I feel like it's because of what they've been doing prior to this with, with getting modding channels taken down with getting modding related videos taken down with getting mod shops taken down with you could debatably say crippling at minimum team executor so i feel like they're just really pushing it here with you know saying hey the slippy mod and you know what people are going to be starting up free melee they're going to do that thing and they're going to bring into our competition nope we're going to shut that down as well too we're not going to live stream it anymore um what was the other one here? What was the other one? The uh, the Edicons taking that down as well, too, even though they might have been nice. But either way, and now we're seeing the YouTube activity. And the YouTube activity, like in regards to the copyright claims and such, that's that's always something that I could see on there when you can kind of see waves incoming. Because you'll see it periodically where, like, it's happening more often now, but the last few years I've seen it with, you know, fellow content creators and friends that are content creators as well. If they have Nintendo Switch-related stuff... It will get copyright striked or it will get copyright claimed and blocked through a copyright claim. And it's typically something like very specific. Like somebody could make like a 10 minute video and they show 15 seconds of Super Mario 64 running through an emulator and or it might not even be an emulator. It could just be first part of Nintendo footage and Nintendo will say, nope, we, do, we don't want that there. Uh, we're claiming your video. We're blocking it because we did not authorize this. Fo- we didn't authorize you to use that footage. That's fine. So, I think that's what's going on. And I guess for what we're going to see next, and this is why I, I did want to wait a week at first to talk about this, but screw it, I'm just going to put this out. I I don't know if Nintendo is going to just stay radio silent and they're going to continue on their warpath, or if they're going to put out some more, some other notices here, just, you know... Just say something. I don't know if they're going to say something about what they've been doing here recently with, you know, recent takedowns and such. Or maybe internally. I don't know if they're going to tell their lawyers like, hey, look, uh, we pay you good money. You all have done a great job. Awesome. You're going to get Christmas bonuses. But uh, you all have been running at like a nine. We need to turn down to like a five. All right. It's not looking good for us here because some of these things don't look good. I mean, the 
the Gilva Sunner one, I feel like maybe I might have gotten more upset than the average user on that. But in regards to, I'm just scrolling through this again, in regards to the Slippy mod, the big thing that's been brought up here is you, you can't have a competition right now. COVID-19, coronavirus, you can't have an in-person, physical, big competition. So Slippy is a fantastic way of doing this here. It's a great way of doing this, and it's been shut down. Because it's not just that Nintendo hates ROMs and Nintendo hates emulation. It's that Nintendo hates that Melee is still as big as it is. That's my opinion on there. In regards to Splatoon 2, that was just, that was so low. With just, well, petty, excuse me, that was just petty. When it came down to taking down their own stream, shooting themselves in the foot for that. And the lowest tier has to absolutely be the Eticons going down. Yep. I don't know. I wish this was a happier episode, but this is how I feel about it. So this also went on longer than expected. Let me know what you all think of this episode and what your thoughts are on this overall. And uh, let's go ahead and, you know what, I need to, here, how about, how about, I don't know what I'm going to pick for this. Okay, LED, how about that? If you leave a comment down below in the comments of this YouTube upload and you use the word LED in your comment in any way, shape, or form, I will know you made it to the end of this long episode, video, podcast, whatever the hell it's going to be. Let me know what your thoughts on this are. If you agree with me, if you disagree, if you think Nintendo's in the right, if you think they're in the wrong, or whatever the hell it is, just let me know. Just use the word LED and we'll know about that. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. Until next time.